Welcome, everybody. I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Retirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. Do you lay awake at night wondering if you have enough money to pay the bills, let alone retire? In this show, your vision will be transformed, and I will show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals, businesses, and families over the past 20-plus years and proud to say I've never lost $1 of my clients' money. I will share with you secrets I've learned over two decades that only the few rich know about and really have been around for centuries. But most Americans are not prepared for their golden years, let alone today. So no matter what your financial status is, you can be prepared to enjoy your life and never run out of money but you got to know what's really going on. So I invite all kinds of really great guests from all different topics. And I want you to know everything that's happening. And one of, one of the things that's happening, I know you'll all be interested, is Paul Oman. He is of a BOI consulting. He advises clients in various capacities across several industries. His primary goal as a trusted advisor is to be available to provide insightful advice that will enable their clients to make informed financial decisions. So we're talking today about the three major effects of the Affordable Care Act for seniors. I want to welcome you, Paul, for joining us today. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Great. Well, this is something that everybody's talking about and nobody understands, but what are the main factors of Obamacare that that are going to affect my retirement, let alone everybody else? Well, some of the main factors, uh, you know, there's basically three. First off, there's a, there's a tax that's coming in to effect on the makers of medical devices that will increase the cost of those devices. Um, the secondly, there's a, there's a new tax or a tax that has been starting on investment income, so that's an additional 2.8 percent on on your what is typically termed as capital gains tax. And the third one is the HSA deduction or health savings account deduction um, for for people is going up from 7.5 percent of their of their AGI or their adjusted gross income to 10 percent of their AGI. Uh, in the in the near future here. Now there is a little bit longer runway for people who are age 65 and up, but that's also going to hit them as well. in starting in the year 2017, those three impacts are are really uh, you know geared and and not necessarily geared, but they are going to start to impact those who are getting closer to retirement and those who are in it primarily by making them need to have more money in order for to retire comfortably. So let's let's maybe break this down. For example, taxes on medical devices. Does that mean if I have a pacemaker, then you have to pay more tax, or what? What does that well, really mean? It really means that if you need your pacemaker replaced, then you're going to have to pay more money to buy that pacemaker. Oh. Um, it it will also be the same as if you have a knee replacement or a hip replacement or some sort of uh, medical device that is either implanted or is used, you know, outside the body um, that uh, it, that will, you know, the, 
that's made by a third-party company. They're getting a new tax on those devices that's that's part of Obamacare, and now they're going to pass those taxes on most likely to the consumers who are buying. Right. Are you there? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, sorry. I lost, we lost you there for a second. Nope. Okay. So... So that's the that's the medical devices tax that that's coming on. So in some cases it could be better, you know, if you know that you're going to get need a knee replacement or or a joint replacement or some sort of, you know, surgery that's going to require a medical device being implanted or something that you may be better off doing it now versus later before the tax kind of kicks in to its full effect. Wow. So um what you know what so when does this kick in? This kicks in next year. Next year. Okay. And then um the two point eight cap the capital gains tax? Right. Most most people that are saving for retirement are saving in a four hundred one K or in some sort of a deferred taxable vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. Well a lot of those those vehicles rely on mutual funds and other kinds of investments that get capital gains taxes. Well, we know that those, the, a lot of those accounts are tax deferred, which means you pay income taxes on them at the point where you start withdrawing the money. Well, since this new tax, is this 2.8% tax on investment income has come into effect, if you've saved a large nest egg, in some sort of a 401k or an IRA or something that will be taxed when you start pulling the money out, well, your your tax impact, your tax amount on any capital gains type taxes that you have based on your investments just went up 2.8% automatically um, by you know thanks to Obamacare. So that's yeah. that's going to be a real a real monetary impact for you oh know for people gosh. who are trying to live off that kind of income. Yeah, so if you're making a whopping 3% and you're getting tax 2.8, I'm not a CPA, I don't give tax advice, but that doesn't look like you're going to make very much. Is that is that really like if I made 3%, I'm going to get tax 2.8? Well, as, as, as if you start to, to draw on it when you take it out, and then it's also on capital gains type income. So it's only cap gains income. That's why, you know, we can we can talk about, you know, at a high level on these things, but what it really should be doing is kind of giving you a wake-up call that maybe you should, you should take a look at, you know, or have your CPA take a look at where your retirement accounts are set and say, okay, you know, if you, if I start to pull money out or when I plan to start pulling money out, what kind of gains am I going to get hit with? What kind of capital gains taxes? You know, how much of my income is subject to that? How much of it is regular, ordinary income? Ordinary income is not subject to this tax. This is what we consider investment income or capital gains type income. Okay. Well, this this is a good another good plug for tax deferred and tax free accounts, huh? No, that is true. Now, the tax deferred can still sometimes get hit with it, but a tax free account is safe. Right. So, you know, this is it's kind of weird, you know, you're talking to someone and and they're over 65, maybe they need a knee replaced and then, uh, you know, they should do it now to save money, but <laughs> I don't, you know, this is crazy. Right. It's not going to work that you're going to run and get everything done, so 
Right. Well, and and before you know, before they start limiting, you know, there's there's going to start be questions on the availability of those services as well. You know, uh, under under this this uh, this law, which you know, I, that's not part of my expertise, but uh, it's it's some of the rumors that are out there are, are certainly pointing that direction. Well, I've actually heard that they've they they've eliminated. For example, I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, that someone that 70 that gets cancer, they're they're not going to be able to get the treatments that they want anymore. Is that correct? Uh, that's that's my understanding as well. Is that they have oh. started to to limit some of those services, and you know specifically in in the types of drugs and treatments that are available. Um, the one that I have have understood, is, you know, is uh, more on the Parkinson's disease or muscular dystrophy side. Um, you know that some of those treatments that were kind of newer, or or some of the the medications that people were taking to try to control that. Um, you know, if they're over a certain age, or even some younger folks uh, are not able to get it because the the new rules won't allow them to uh, to cover it. Wow. Boy, so you're not going to get any health care unless you have money, really. I mean, so the people that live have money, and the people that can't afford the treatments don't. Yeah, and that's true, and that's, you know, kind of the scenario we were in before Obamacare. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same scenario, right? Um, and then the HSA deduction. Well, so, normally there's a, there's a deduction. So it used to be that if you spent over 7.5% of your income on health care, so if you had, you know, prescription drugs or, you know, a lot of qualified health care expenses that weren't covered by your insurance that you paid for out of your pocket, well, if you the first 7.5% was your expense, then anything over that, you could take a tax tax deduction for it. Well, as part of Obamacare, the that tax deduction goes to 10% of your AGI. So you cannot deduct your your qualified health care expenditures until after you you cross that 10% threshold. So basically, they built in another you know 2.5% that that is non-deductible to you as as a consumer of health care. Um, that's really going to impact the, the, the folks who are, who are, you know, a little further on up the age scale because typically they tend to be more of users of, of health care services. So therefore now, you know, you, you, you've got that extra piece that, that you are not able to deduct. Now this one also, I think they they expected some backlash from this one, so so they they did not make this effective until 2017. But there's just another reason why, if you know you need a knee replacement or or you know heaven forbid a pacemaker or whatever else you may need that that uh, would cost you know a significant amount of money, um, you should really look into doing that before 2017 when those things kick in, so you can save that extra 2.5. On your ta- off your taxes. <laughs> oh boy, that's really crazy. I mean, you got to get everything done before these laws really take effect. Is basically what you're saying, in a way, huh? Yeah, if you can. I mean, from the standpoint of you, you know, if it, if it's your health care, it's not always driven to save a dollar, right? You, right? you do what you need to do when you need to do it. But there's two main things that are coming out of this legislation, and, and that is, one, you need more money now to retire. 
um, than than previously because of these impacts that are that are coming up. And two, um, you know, these things that are impacting are going to start kicking in in 2017, 16, and 15. If you can get things done prior to that, it will be cheaper for you. So, you know, that's it, it puts your CPA a little bit in an uncomfortable position of, of uh, you know, helping you plan your health care, which is not a place where any CPA really wants to be. No, right. This is, yeah, it's not, not your department, but it's still making, you know, making sure everybody's aware of all the, all the intricacies of this new law so what what are the what are the main um, you know what can be done to mitigate these factors? Well, the best thing that you could do is one have a good solid financial plan and two consult with your CPA and see you know and and when you are consulting with them, don't forget to talk to them about you know some things if you feel comfortable obviously but you know some things about maybe what your plans are in the healthcare arena so that we can discuss, as we do, any kinds of tax savings or benefits that may be a bit available to you based on, on, on what you're planning to do. Right. So, um, for example, you know, your IRA is going to be taxed on investment, and, um, and is that going to go up too, the taxes on IRAs and RMDs? If it's capital gains income, it'll be subject to that extra 2.8% tax. Wow. So, well, capital gains income is anywhere anybody's got their money right now. And that so is true. And traditionally, their- traditionally, the the you know that tax rate has been you know 15%, and then it went to 20%, and now it's now it's at this 22.8, um, you know, percent, basically 23%, because. Um, of the of this Obamacare. Now, a lot of people, they plan their retirement, you know, going into it saying, okay, capital gains is a, is a pretty attractive tax rate versus a 35 or a 40%, you know, tax rate on regular income, depending on your income level. Um, this, this, uh, this lower capital gains tax rate sounds pretty attractive. So a lot of people put their retirement savings into that that lower tax rate, assuming that that tax rate would be there when they exited <laughs> the plans. But in some cases, uh, you know, and, and especially in this case now, it appears that these capital gains rates are going to be higher. So, so okay, so say I'm, you know, 70, I have to take my RMDs, so I'm going to be taxed on the RMD plus this new capital gains tax. Right. Now, some of the some of the things you might be able to do, you know, and I'm I'm not a financial planner, but uh, you know, is discuss with your financial planner about how you can get those investments while they're still inside of your plan over to, um, you know, the the type of investment that is going to give you the lowest amount of you know capital gains, or you know, is going to maximize your tax your tax um, savings upon pulling that money out. So that as right. you withdraw it, you're not hitting those capital gains triggers, and you're you know you're you're doing it in a smart way. Right, and so someone that's um, you know above six in their sixties up, or really, or really fifties up, can get the tax deferred annuities and things like that. But then that's still they're going to end up paying taxes when they take their money out. 
Yeah, and it just it just depends on what the underlying investments are and how those those uh, income income amounts that they're pulling out are are classified according to the IRS. And that's that's why I will you know add the caveat that that uh, every situation is unique, so each one should be looked at individually. We're talking in broad platitudes here, but uh, but you know these these are broadly going to be applicable to folks as they try to pull their money out. Right. So, um, you know, some of the parts of Obamacare have a direct impact on investors over 65. Most importantly, the 3.8% the Medicare surtax on net investment income. So if your adjusted gross income is of over the certain threshold, then older Americans typically have bigger investment accounts, and they're, they're going to want to get their money in the most capital gains. I mean, everybody wants to get their money in the most capital gains. What do you what do you see around that? Well, and that and that's exactly the issue we've been talking about. That that capital gains, you know, rate and and the extra amount that's added to that. Um, you know, that it it's just got to be planned right. And, and I think I think bottom line, um, you know, if you want to retire, you're going to need more money than you needed pre-Obamacare. Right. Really good point. So, and, and let me get that. I I think I misstated. You're saying it's three point eight, not two point eight. No, two point eight. Right? Oh, it's two. Okay. Yes. All right. It was this paper I got says two point eight? So I wasn't That's sure. That's correct. Two point eight. Okay. Two point eight. Still almost three percent. Whoa. So what do you think? You think of people? There's not a whole lot of people running to that website. What do you think about that website? Well, the website's had its issues, right? I, I, I think the jury's still out a little bit. Uh, in in the final analysis, we'll have to see how many of the younger folks signed up to to mitigate the fact that the older folks are signing up as well. There's got to be a lot of balance there. If yeah. there's not, then uh, and it leans too heavy one way or the other, we'll see premium increases. Hmm. Wow. So. You know what? What? What would what like? What would most people consider, right, to determine if they should even delay their retirement? Well, I I think it's uh, looking at good good forecasts of what your expenditures are going to be, um, you know, and 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 taking into account your individual uh, projections on you know based on your family's health history and other things. You know, what what do you anticipate? Granted, you can't ever predict for everything, but what do you anticipate in the in the future having to spend on healthcare, and what do you anticipate in, in factoring that against these new tax rules and and the new well and the, and the new increases in taxes and also the the decreases in some of the the deductions that are available to you. So. Have you do you sit down with people and help them figure out how much money they're going to need? Do you have a mathematical? We, we typically people? would talk to we would work in conjunction with their financial planner um, to determine, and that's you know going through their goals and what they want to do and how they how they are saving for retirement. That's primarily the financial planner's job. We're here to help them to apply the tax rules to it to make sure that. What they have and what the, the plan that they have is workable in in the current and it, based on the best information that we have regarding the tax impacts. So people can still have their own private insurance. Is that correct? 
Yeah, and that's what the exchange is is, uh, is set up to do, well, the Obamacare exchanges, but then also their own plans, as long as those plans meet the minimum requirements uh, for what the legislation says. So what, what problems are you seeing? Um, I mean, a lot of people, there's been a lot of news hype around this. You know, if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. Right. Um, you know, and 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 it is. It's been requalified. That statement was issued as a blanket statement, but it's been requalified and turned back so much that it's almost meaningless now. Um, you know, for for what the original intent was is is to be able to keep your plan if you liked it, even if it didn't meet the minimum requirements of Obamacare. But now they're saying, well, if your plan doesn't meet the minimum requirements, you're going to have to drop it and find a plan that does. You know, and the insurers, think, yeah, the insurers yeah. are canceling those plans. Hmm. Well, you know, I've been reading a lot of stories too, where where people are going into the to the site or you know finding out, and that their premiums are actually increasing like sixty one percent. One guy he had a he had he went from eight hundred ninety one to fourteen thirty seven a month, and there's hmm. a lot of documented stories of you know. That are out there, that's showing how how all their, you know, everything has gone up. And that and, is you know, true. There, yeah. I've I've heard the same things, the stories, uh, you know, regarding that. I and I don't know, you know, I you take the one the one stories that that everybody hears because everybody's got a friend who that's happened to, right? <laughs> but yeah, right. Uh, I I'm still waiting on the empirical evidence or the you know the the actual analysis that shows kind of taking all in what what's the impact. And I, I don't think we're too far away from that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well so um how you know, in the past people like taxpayers used to be able to itemize their medical expenses and deduct any medi- medical care. So that's seven point five now Right. Is is that just health saving accounts or is that for everybody? It's medical spending, yes. I mean health health savings or other other accounts, it's every everybody. If you want to take the deduction, then then you need to, to you know, basically there's a limit on that up over the, the up to the ten percent is non deductible and then after the ten percent on the you know, on the on the the first dollar after the ten percent you can start to take the deduction. So someone that doesn't have a health savings account could actually use that deduction? They still can. They always could as long as they spent more than 7.5% on, on on medical expenses. Okay. Well, for those of you that just tuned in, you are listening to Ready, Set, Retire, and we are talking about the Obamacare and how um, its mandate of making medical care accessible is really making it seemingly more expensive and very confusing and really don't have a clue on how it works. But my special guest, Paul Oman of BOI Consulting, is here with us today. And, Paul, why don't you tell everybody how they can get in contact with you? Well, um, some of the best ways to get in contact with me is uh, is through our office phone number. And that phone number is 713-482-2960. So you can help everybody all over the country, correct? Oh, we can, yes. Um, basically, more on the on the tax side, we wouldn't be able to help them all at once. Mm, sure. 
we, we'd have bigger problems in, in the website. Yeah. Well, we're talking about Obamacare, and we're trying to figure out what's really going on with it. So we've talked about medical devices are a new point, 2.3% in 2014. This uh, 10% on um, the HSA deduction is going to start in 2017. And then finally in 2018, the Cadillac plans, right, were going to be hit by a 40% excise tax. Can you explain that, what that means? Well, uh, the Cadillac plans are the, the plans with, uh, you know, low deductibles and, and very high benefits. And uh, and those basically, the, the government's saying that uh, those kind of plans, um, you know, they, they don't really like them, so they're going to tax them. So they're going to tax them forty percent. Mm-hmm. They're try. They're they're in essence killing them. They're they're they'll go away. So that's like the medical savings accounts, then. Mm-hmm. Very mean? much. Oh boy, I used to have one of those. Very interesting. So um, this is just a forced play. Um, so how do you help your clients navigate through this mess? Well, and. We look for tax savings based on their individual uh, individual uh, situations. If if we can, we try to help them save save money uh, in every way possible. Well, you know, in my twenty plus years of practice, and I've always been in the tax deferral or tax free. Really discovered some great places that people can actually have tax deferred money. There's some products out there that are guaranteeing interest rates that are two or three higher than the 20-year bond. They pay you money you can never outlive. A lot of insurance products, some tax-free insurance products where you can get um, income that's 100% tax-free. So there's some great, there's still some options there that aren't talked about a whole lot um, that, you know, we always help our clients with. And and the nice thing about those is you never lose one dime. That's why I can say I've never lost one dime of my clients' money because I'm in safe money strategies. So protection of assets from long-term care, nursing home costs, and now we have all these new taxes. So, um, so what else would you would you share with everybody about this Obamacare? Do you do you know more about more details of it? Well. It's changing every day. Um, you know, the, the different parts of the law getting delayed and some implemented and some parts of the law changing. And, you know, the best thing that you can do is stay informed. And the best thing that you can do is have a good financial planning person and also a good tax professional that can help you to navigate these changes and the new requirements. Well, you know, what's fascinating is like um, Biden, there was even an article on CBS News that Biden was um, take, talking about that the public is going to take 20 years for the public to get a hold of this whole thing to actually it take, take you know, effect and everybody's on board. 20 years. You know, I think there yeah. are a few. few yeah, I think, I think it could. It, that's, that's a good estimate. I mean, I... The, these new this legislation is so complex that it's uh, it's hard to get your arms around. Right. Well, I've you know I've heard you don't know what you hear if it's rumors or or 
or what? I mean, I've heard that they've had they even have there are all kinds of tax things that are built into this that we don't even really know about. Is that true? They check. Well, have you dug in? I don't know. Tax? If no. if the people who wrote it don't know, then I certainly wouldn't know. <laughs> You know, there 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 could be more. Who knows if there's more shoes to drop or what what uh, what else is going to come out of it? It's. I think most of us here are just trying to just trying to keep our head above the water with what we've already un, we've already come to find out, um, and and to to try to deal with that piece of it. Um, you know, if if anything else comes out of the woodwork, we'll just have to we'll just have to take it as it comes. Right. Well, that's that's definitely what 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 everybody's going to have to do. It's just how to figure out how to go through it. So, really, the only option to be able to save money is to set yourself up in tax deferred or tax free accounts. So, if you're making anything at risk in the stock market, that is going to get taxed even higher, too. Pretty yep, crazy. It's, if it's if it's part of that capital gains capital gains piece of the legislation, you're absolutely right. So do you recommend people to, uh, like, create second lives and create a business so they have some tax write-offs? Or what, you know, what creative things are you helping your clients with to get through this? Well, and, you know, a business or, or tax write-offs, that a business um, can be can be a good strategy depending on, on what the personal goals are. I I tend to, you know... The way I approach the taxes is let's look at what you're already doing and what you're what you would be happy doing and and not try to create a job or something that's tedious or that you that really will make you more miserable just to save a couple pennies on taxes so you know we we want to we want to try to help you achieve your goals inside of the context of what what will make you happy and if uh, if we can't you know help with the tax saving side enough. Then you know we'll have to find, or you'll you'll have to find some way to decide how much more money you need, and we can help be part of that equation. But uh, we we try to we try to help you to achieve your goals, um, you know, and to know you know how achievable is your goal based on where you're at and what you have in your particular situation as it relates to taxes. Right. So, um, well, the main, you know, they, there's lots of problems with this, um, and uh, the, for what I've been hearing is that the uninsured and the people that are, are going through this are really having a hard time even getting their medication. You know, people that know people are saying that they can't even, they can't even buy their medication now, that they're going to have to pay out of their pocket, and they don't have that money either. Seems like right. And that's, I've heard right? I've heard the same stories. Yeah, and it seems like the whole thing might change, you know, fifty times before it even gets there. But people need to go to the site, right, and find out what's going on anyway, whether they like it or not. Yeah, I think they should they should do that, and and you know, they need to figure it out with their health what what their health insurance plans are like if they are not if they don't have you know the government health care um you know their their health insurance provider should know enough to be able to help guide them through some of that some of that stuff right well unfortunately the whole thing is so complicated that i don't even think most people realize what their health insurance covers um mm. 
You know, when I when I see clients come in my office and they, you know, they're coming seventy or eighty years old, and I go, okay, well, what, what is, you know, where is your money? And they go, at the bank, and then where? They don't even have any idea that where it's invested. You know, mm-hmm. people are not paying attention to what and where. Not, you know, all, but the majority of people are not. They're not paying attention where their money is, where they're paying taxes. Uh, and the savings are just shocking. I think a third of the boomers right now have less than $10,000 saved for retirement. And one third yeah. are going to be impoverished. They're going to run out of money. Well, it looks like it's going to be way more than a third right now with what you're saying. Yeah, the, I I think, I, and I'm not up on all those statistics, but yeah, I think that um, you know the what what will wind up happening is they'll end up working longer. Right. Right, so you got to get creative with your second life, and you know, create a business that that you can, you know, share with people your your gifts and use, you know, your write-offs as you have as a business, right? Mm-hmm. You just with that side of it, you have to be careful because uh, you know, if the IRS deems it to be a hobby, then mm-hmm. none of it will be deductible. So, what's the difference between a small business and a hobby? Well, you have to you have to show the IRS basically that you're organizing it with the intention of making money, not just getting a tax write off or something you like to do anyway. So I may really I may really love to, you know, to have horses. And so I you know, I put horses out on in my backyard and you know, and start to start to raise horses. Well if I'm just feeding them and using them for my own, you know, pleasure and not you know, having a stable to rent out to people, or raising them with the to sell, or you know, training them, or some something like that. I'm just doing it because I like it. Well, I can't uh, I can't deduct those things. So you know, or let's say that I love to paint, but I just do it as a hobby, and uh, you know, and and take you know, and I I paint my things. I don't really ever sell them or try to market them or anything like that. The IRS could deem that as a hobby. Right. So any. Anything you do, you need to make sure that you document it properly, so that so that that's not deemed as a hobby, um, you know, just for the deduction purposes. Right, right. Well, so so the but the main things that you're talking about as far as taxes is the tax on medical devices, the capital gains going up to two point eight, the HSA deduction going to ten. Anything else you want to share with us about all this? Well, I think that uh, just to reiterate the point again that, uh, you know, good good financial planning and a good tax professional are, are becoming more and more of a necessity as things get more complex. Right. Do you know what the, um, the what they have a phrase in there called adverse selection? Do you, do you understand what that means? Is the catastrophic insurance part of the Obamacare? No, I I don't I haven't heard about that part of it. Okay. Well, there's a lot there's a lot that people really need to know about, especially if they do have medical conditions that are catastrophic or they just need to really drill down to so that they can know when to make the right decision. So when is the final date on this that everybody's got to have something or they pay rent, right? Well, uh, you mean whether or they pay a penalty personally? Yeah, yeah. I think that that's uh, that's coming gone now. I think it was March. Oh, end okay. of March. End of March. All right. Well, we yeah. So we're it's all it's almost there. 
Almost over. Okay, well, if you're listening to this show, you better check it out. Get on there, get get it figured out. Was there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners, Paul? Uh, just uh, good, good luck planning. Good luck planning. Well, calculate a new projection with all of these factors on how much money you'll need to add to your current savings to retire you know, and then as we learn the rules and implications of Obamacare, then we can calculate the increase of the taxes, medical costs. That's crazy. So this is a really, I guess Obamacare is really great for what I do because what I do is I show people how to have tax-free or tax-deferred accounts that are making amazing, amazing rates. I mean, there's some income accounts like I said, they pay 2 or 3% higher than what 20-year bonds pay, and they pay you this income for your life. You can never outlive this money. So it's either they end up paying it from their own pocket. So there's some safe places that you can have tax-deferred money and you know save more than you can when you're gambling it in the stock market. So, Paul, I really appreciate you. Is there a little cherry on the top you want to share with everybody before we we sign off here? Well, i I think that uh, I think that this legislation is going to have a lot of a lot of impacts, and I wish that more of it were positive. Yeah, yeah, me too. And and again, everybody, you need to go to that site if you haven't and check it out. Compare it to what you have. Make sure what you have is is the right kind of thing and make sure your money is safe. You're not in that in risking your money. You need to have at least eight months worth of rainy day money for emergencies. You know, I had I actually had a CPA who's uh used to train the IRS group, you know, tax preparers, and he figured out that one latte a week, he had the whole math calculation that if you stopped and didn't drink that one latte a week, by the time you retired, he started in the 30s, that you would have $30,000 extra from one latte a week canceled. Mm. So it was kind of cool. The little things that you can do that can add up so you do have a rainy day money and you do have money to invest and you're not going to worry about running out of money. So my name is Chris Miller and I'm the host of the show Ready, Set, Retire I'm happy to answer any questions and show you safe money strategies. You can reach out to me at 951-926-4158 or you can visit my site, which is readyforpretirement.com and grab my article on three myths of financial planning so you can learn about the safe money strategies. And again, you can reach out to Paul and find out about what you need to know from your CPA because they have the the tax information that you need to know about. Paul, I want to thank you for being on our show today. Thank you very much, Chris. It was good to be here. All right. Great to have you, and everybody have a blessed day. Out you can't take a curve at 85 My whole life flashed before my eyes I braced myself to leave this world behind 
As a million questions raised across my mind Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? From that moment I became a brand new me With the golden ticket to a better destiny And I told my heart there'll never come a day When I'd have to search inside of me and say Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? can be a voice of inspiration and my story finds you well cause when the curtain falls there ain't no second chances and you don't want to ask yourself did I live did I love did I matter to someone did I give everything I had to give did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did I matter? I'm mad.